That's a long ball forward, and Shimanga's going to beat everybody here. Shimanga's pace is one on one, and he scores! It's his seventh goal of the season. A long punt forward. The Yeovil defence just watched Shimanga drive through, and a left footed strike into the corner past Smith. And Chesterfield have doubled their advantage, and it is uh, Yeovil nil, Chesterfield two. This is the Skies Blue podcast. <laughs> Well, the sky really has been blue last week or two, hasn't it? Fantastic weather, warm weather, match postponed because it's too hot. Can't remember that happening before. There's another Sky is Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, uh, Chesterfield historian Stuart Basson, uh, reporter Paul Fisher, and general moaning Eastander Daryl Carpenter. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking about all sorts of things because there's an awful lot to talk about, isn't there? From Back end of last season, to Cookie's retain list, new signings, the first few fixtures of the season, what our opponents are doing, and everything along those lines. Uh, loads of malarkey to talk about. Hey, see what I did there? <laughs> so let's start off briefly, really, with who's not at the club at the moment, because you know, the retain <clears throat> list came out. I don't think it surprised too many people about who was going, with the exception probably of subsequently on his way to York City. Alex Whittle. Well, what about that, Paul? Do you think were were there many or any surprises for you? Yeah, Whittle would be uh, perhaps one. Um, once he got into the team in around October time, it was very difficult to displace him. Following uh, you know the, the odd game that he had for for, for injury and, and and whatnot, and he performed particularly well. But obviously, Cookie had something in mind, didn't he? And and spotted something where. There was a deficiency in Whittle's game, um, of which the new players, um, either Horton or Clements, uh, can capitalise on being perhaps a little bit younger, maybe, in that in that respect. But certainly Whittle didn't do anything wrong, and he got plenty of goals to boot from from wide positions cutting in. He's, he's perhaps just the, the... He's unlucky that there's been a change in manager for him, I, I think. And yeah, he can count himself unlucky that he didn't get a uh, another year with Chesterfield, but he'll get a warm report, uh, applause from the Spirit supporters when when he comes with York City. And it wasn't a surprise when he got a new club straight away. Yes, I don't think it. Uh, and just to pick up on the point that you made about uh, Clements and, and Horton coming in being younger, I, I've not sat down with a pencil and worked this out. It was just when I was looking at ins and outs in the division on transfermarket.com. Uh, the average age of the incomers to Chesterfield is 24, and the average age of the outgoers is 30. Uh, <laughs> Says a lot. A, a big reduction. <clears throat> Apart from Coverland, who's 31, uh, all of the newcomers are in their 20s. So there's no kids, uh, uh, and, and there's no has-beens. So, you know, a, a mark, so a six-year reduction of the swapped players. I've not looked what the overall age of, of people mixed in with who they're they left. Stuart, for you, was uh, were, were there any major surprises? No, not especially. Um, you, you look at it, and obviously Whittle, as everyone has said, um, I, I think he performed well enough. 
under normal circumstances to have deserved to have retained a place here um, had we not changed the manager, you know. Um, but everybody else you looked and and yeah, they, you know, they, they, they didn't disgrace themselves in a blue shirt, but then again, you can look and you can see, oh, I understand why he's released him and oh yeah, he's, yeah, that's fair enough. We'll replace him with somebody, you know, you, 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 you could look and you can see that there were perfectly good reasons for everybody who went to go, I think. You know? and, and Daz on the, the, the guys who are transfer listed, the Maguire's, Gunning Miller, um, perhaps in that lot, Maguire may have been the one because you know, maybe uh, Paul Cup feels after a long time he might be just ready for a new new challenge. If rumour has it, he's talking to EFL clubs, so uh, it, it might be good for his his career. But you know, sometimes when you become a piece of the furniture, it just seems difficult when people go, doesn't it? Mm. it does. I mean. He's one of our own and all that kind of stuff that we, we like as supporters. Um, and, and we've obviously got a, a place in Laws of Start. But at the end of the day, if you look back, has he really trained on to what we hoped he would become? I don't think he has. Um, he's been rather injury prone in, in recent seasons and had fairly lengthy spells out the side. I think... Most managers have kind of decided he's good in a three, but not as good in a four. Uh, and for all those reasons, um, I think it probably is time for a change, both for him and for the club. So um, disappointing as it always is when uh, a, a favourite goes, I think the timing's probably right. And, and Daz, of course, there were those that were offered deals that weren't uh, accepted, the likes of... Uh, Denton and, and Kellerman that spring to mind. Kellerman, of course, gone to Woking, Denton back to yeah. Alfreton. And uh, yeah, I, I think with, with Tom Denton, I think Cook was brutally honest with him and sort of saying, yeah, we'd like you to stay, but you are plan B. You're 20 minutes off the bench at, at the end and therefore got to pay you accordingly. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's disappointing because he is a great plan B. but. Yeah. But you can't pay somebody full whack when they're only going to be doing 20 minutes. And yeah, yeah. players want to play. No, I think that's right. And probably the same for, for McCourt as well, bearing in mind, I see he's ended up at uh, Warrington Rylands, um, which is quite a drop in standard for him. Uh, um, and, and Tom, again, yeah, had, had not had the best of time with injuries. He isn't a cookie player, let's be honest. Um Look, he always liked to plan bleep, plan, I can say, but you know what I mean, a plan B when he had uh, Ahmed Nandule, etc. Um, for, for certain games, particularly where teams come with a low block and, and put five across midfield and, and you find it hard to break them down in the last 20 minutes. It's an option to have, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure at the stage of Tom's career and his personal life with a young family and everything else, he, he kind of had a decision to make. Um, and it, it, uh, it didn't surprise me that none of them offered contract. Were the four of them all together? I don't think any of them yeah. Yeah, accepted, yeah. did they? So, and, not- and, you know, I, I, from what I believe, you say, Paul Cook was honest with them. He said, you're not going to get the minutes on the park. So, uh, yeah, I'd like you to stay, but um, that's, that, that's the issue. Uh, yeah. And of the, the transfer list of players, well, the quasi Santis playing as though he doesn't want to be on the transfer list at the moment, but I don't think it'll be long before Gunnings 
probably moved on, and I and I do believe there's a fair bit of interest in in in, in Miller. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what comes with those and Maguire as well. But of the players that have come in, well, we'll make the assumption that clearance will come from um, wherever it's got to come from for UK Boolham at some stage. You know, he's participated in the last participated in the last game. Well, he's participated in the last two games, but for both <laughs> And that, that means that uh, Paul Cook during the summer has signed a team that, if you put them all on the park together, would be a natural 4-2-3-1. Kovalan in goal, Sheckleford, Joe Cook, Clements, who, who looks a potential centre-back as well as left-back, yeah. and Horton across the back, Banks and Oldacre, who we've seen in that hold, those holding positions, Dobra Cooper and Ukeg Boolam, the attacking three, and uh, Giassi uh, up top. So he's signed a team. He's not yeah. signed random players is sign a team and from what we've seen of them so far Paul um, they all look as though they can add something to Chesterfield Football Club yeah a bit more pace isn't it about it and um, everyone seemed to know their roles as well which is quite impressive on on Saturday um, obviously Horton keeping Clements out that was a surprise I had obviously he arrived before Clements didn't he um, with the club but couldn't train obviously until the the 4th of July when they, when they were back and everything so um, but I, I, absolutely, I was very impressed with the Moldaker just sat in front of the the back four, uh, allowing Banks to push forward as he liked to do. Although Banks looks pretty good, doesn't he? When he's got the ball, he tried too many outside the boot flicks for my liking, but um, um, but one paid off anyway. That worked, didn't it? So, but he, he looked he looked pretty good and and pretty sharp and you know a tall player in midfield. Exactly what we've uh, we've we've missed. I feel. Um, you mentioned about Asante there as well. He linked up well, didn't he, with Quigley and Dobber in particular, who's all over the shop, really, isn't he? Uh, you know, as a, I think that's what Cook wants in his three—a fluid three, doesn't he? Where Mandeville moves about and they they pick up space and 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 with plenty of when a plenty of movement and plenty of pace going forward. And Quigley looks a different player, doesn't he, from from that uh, respect, and not necessarily trying to get on the end of crosses all the time. It's it's all about movement, and he got into good mm. good areas and good space, and it just looked pretty pretty fluid. And he, yeah, it, it, it's exactly what we had eight years ago, seven years ago, or whatever. Yeah, it was very very much the uh, the play forward quickly but sensibly. But if you go down a blind alleyway, make sure you keep possession, look after the ball, sort of football, wasn't it? Stuart, yeah. But I, I, I assume you were at the game on Saturday, were you? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I, I did in the 1866 sport commentary. Did uh, see if you'd spotted what is likely to be a new club record. Uh, when Bradford had a free kick, we had a five-man wall, and three of the players in the wall wore ponytails. Ah. That was probably <laughs> well, Banks, Oldacre, and uh, it, it, it crossed my mind that when the game kicked off. It was about eight seconds before a Chesterfield player without a ponytail touched the ball. <laughs> <laughs> when we kicked off, yeah. yeah. Mm. Is this the hairiest to... team to start, uh, you know, in a friendly? Or, I mean, there was some hair going off in the 70s, weren't they? But, uh, you know, not, not, not in a man bun type. No, 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 no certainly no. hair on top of head, probably. Yeah, mm. yeah. Any, but, team uh, had, any team that had Andy Kowalski and Sam Ferris in it, but that negated by uh, Rodney Fern, though. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, on, on average. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's true. But uh, of of the new players, Stu, who is it that's uh, caught your eye? 
Um, well, I liked central midfield, I have to say. I, I liked the, the two that started, obviously, um, Banks and um, Old Acre. But when uh, the, the um, trialist chap and um, who was who was the other guy who came on? Cooper, wasn't it? George Cooper. When they came on, I, I settled down after a couple of minutes or so and and they just looked to the manner born both of them you know so that central midfield's going to be interesting battles for a first team place um and i apart from whatever it creates i just think it's going to take so much pressure off the off off the defense you know which which, which we were lacking last year um i'd like to see the replacement fullbacks on on saturday with the starting team you know, because when we made the replacements, yeah, when we made the replacements, we 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 changed the kind of our outlook in the game slightly. So you didn't mm. get a chance to see what Raheem Shackelford, for instance, is like going forward. Um, I suspect pretty good, you know. But uh, it would be nice just to to sort of change those blocks of players about and give you know the other ones a chance to play in a more adventurous sort of set up you know but uh, it was annoyingly good going forward for maidenhead every time the play mm, yeah yeah that's right. um, but then you look at all the play all the defenders and you think oh he's good going forward you know and you don't even stop to think what yeah. they might be like actually defending yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. I was, I was just thinking about where well, you know when cooper came on he, he looks uh, a little bit like a yard off at the minute doesn't he um mm. he, he looked like he was just struggling to pick up the game at the minute so you can see why he's been out for such a a while with plymouth can't you so yeah maybe yeah. I, maybe i wouldn't expect him to start for another month or so yeah. I, I i don't think he uh, looked a yard off it i think everybody else looked a yard on it maybe yeah. yes yes yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. i i i, I pointed out well actually Jamie Hewitt pointed out first of all on the commentary that both Williams and Grimes look as though they've knocked a second and a half off their 100 metres times mm. yeah 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 they do yeah, both was, look was that, was that your view Daz? yeah I think we look very fit uh, it would be the overall um, conclusion um, Asante certainly lost some timber um, I think Rock Grimes has Jeff King certainly had quite a lot of timber off, I think. Oh, and, talk, and talking about Jeff King, yeah, who got some stupid yellow cards last season, he uh, it was, it was acting as a peacemaker. Yeah. He was doing the right thing and picked up a yellow card. He, he, <laughs> really, yeah, he, he acted as a peacemaker when, when the, the winger, the ex-Walsall winger, was having a go at Ollie Banks. Mm. Uh, he, he thought, oh, I'll do the right thing on this occasion and end up getting, getting hit. Getting a yellow card for being the peacemaker. But he's those faces that if he was in a police lineup as as one of the stooges, he would he would be convicted for murder, hasn't he? So, uh, yeah. But but we uh, talked talk all about about the 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 banks uh, uh, balls, but that ball for Mandeville's goal from King. Oh yeah, sublime, wasn't it? Absolute stunner, wasn't it? That yeah, just straight. And you, you got you got to question Bradford's marking there to leave a man outside the penalty area completely unmarked. But it was the fact that he was in the middle of them that the ball just curved because we were directly in line with it, weren't we, Phil? So you could just see it curve straight into Mandeville. He had his back to goal, had to bring it down and then shoot. Realised the goalkeeper mm. was off his line and then shoot, but then hit it with power as well. And he. It certainly was. I mean, I doubt he'll get that much space, um, you know, uh, come, come dorking or, or whatever. But um, 
it was a, a clinical finish and a great ball from Jeff King. And he was the one who provided the most assists last year. And if you can keep him on the park, then uh, we, we should be all right from the from the right hand side. Um, but he looked um, he looked pretty good. Uh, did uh, did Jeff King? Yeah, well, that was uh, that was impressive ball that. And uh, pleased to see Mandeville's kept up his his good form as well. And obviously Cook trusts him, doesn't he? You know, mm-hmm. otherwise he won't play him. So. Well, he was another one who, had he been released in the summer, you'd have looked and you'd have thought, well, yeah, I can see why he's done that. Really, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. So to to stay here and to keep working hard as he has, you know, and to make himself part of Cook's plans going forwards is great credit to him. Yeah. Yeah. Now the players we've not seen, uh, Daz, Danny Rowe, I think he's had a little procedure, hasn't he? And and he's three or four weeks behind uh, everybody else. So in essence, his pre-season will be just starting. Uh, Kabi Shimanga, uh, uh, I think, is getting as well. Was it was it the chairman Mike Goodwin who said he was fit as a butcher's dog? Somebody, somebody, yeah. And then realised, oh no, that's Michael Nelson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we had one of those before, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah and he was th- thirty-six when he arrived. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, 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 Shimanga, none of us are, are truly sure, but he's, he's he's training fully. I think does isn't he? Then Clark had another tweak of his uh, his, his hamstring, so you know they'll not risk him for. For a while, but then then George Carline was mentioned in one of the the pre-match things about you know he won't be involved. But I don't think he's in any different situation. I don't think anything's different, does is it? I think he's still just, no, just no. being invited to uh, to get fit. I, I think that's all it is, Phil. Yeah, uh, like Aidan Hollis was was offered the opportunity, and obviously he got his move to Ebbsfleet. I think it's just a case of George keeping himself fit and then maybe going out on trial to one or two places mm. as opportunities arise. Because with the best best will in the world, he's not a, he's not a cook right back for me. I think where he might where he might be able to do a job will be as a utility player and and possibly you know the spare centre back if you like. But yeah, or, um, or defensive midfielder. Yeah, yeah, um, but Cook he seems. Fairly happy, I think, with the the Williams Grimes combination at the minute. I like you think Clements will play more left sided centre back than he will left back, uh, but I think he'll play both uh, as need arises. I'm sure he would have liked um, someone else in a centre back, and I know inquiries have been made, but the price has been quoted as just ridiculous. So I think for now he's decided to go with what he's got. Yeah, I think I think so, the Malarkey thing. I think there was something in that, but uh, it only recently signed a new contract with Altering Humanity, so the buy yeah. been probably beyond what was necessary. And, and that that you want a right-sided powerhouse like Grimes is a left-sided powerhouse, don't you? And I think potentially Carline could be that. Yeah, we saw yeah. him a, a couple of times, didn't we, at um, at right-sided centre back? So you never know. That 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 could be something there. Not seen enough mm. of young Joe Cook to make an opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was on holiday for the Matlock game when he had a 20 minutes or so, and you know, Bradford didn't give him any any troubles, but he did the right thing. He cleared the ball, uh, and, and there was one that I thought was actually there's one moment I don't know if you can remember it, Paul, because it was right in front of where we were, where the ball came to him, and he got a Bradford man breathing down his neck, and he clearly got no options, so he just kicked it into touch. You know, yeah, rather yeah. Than try, yeah, yeah. Rather than try and do anything fancy, it was a. Do you know what? If I try and do something, I might get myself in trouble. Let's just put it over the line. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, to me, 
despite the fact, in fact, you want somebody to do a Cruyff turn and a and a Perlo pass, that was yeah. the most sensible thing I've seen a young player do for a long time. <laughs> yes, it we, was uh, mightily impressive, but. Yeah, so he came from Bogdan Regis, uh, Robbie Blake, who was a former member of the Chesterfield coaching staff, wasn't he, in 14-15 season. Um, he, oh, I forgot about that. Well, um, he's manager at Regis, so obviously Cook knows him well. And uh, and Joe Cook is, uh, you know, is a pro- product of that. And he, Paul Cook likes to develop younger players, doesn't he, and, and work with them and see what they've got. And, and, and Joe Cook is exactly that. He, he probably won't start. Um uh, he might get uh, the odd game, you know, but uh, uh, we'll just have to see the rough and tumble of the National League, won't we, as well? But just going on to Malarkey, I made some other inquiries as well, but that deal is um, as good as dead. Uh, it may be revisited, but uh, Altrincham wanted a lot of money, and so did uh, so did Malarkey over, overall. So um, it's it's uh, it might may be revisited but it goes back to what you said daryl about it uh, sorry phil about you said about his signing a new contract so immediately that puts a price on his head doesn't it yeah it does uh, uh, and in terms of yeah we heard the, the the board saying there might be two more signings well one of those will be okay for yeah sure and the other one will be a goalkeeper uh, yeah uh, and i suspect i suspect he'll probably end up not through choice but going for a relatively young goalkeeper, and then if the if the need arises, getting a loanee, uh, um, I, I, I would guess that that's what's likely to uh, to happen. I think the lad that was at at, at Matlock, somebody who's been playing around with the youth team and and everything along those lines. So uh, we, we'll, yeah, we, we genuinely don't know, but it's it, it it seems a likely thing to do, particularly whilst Maguire, Gunning, Miller are still on the. On the books as well until until they're they're moved over. But but does I mean Andy Phantom and Co seem relatively happy with the, the pound notes in and out at the moment. Yeah, well they've, they've, we, we've continued to chip away on the claim side of things and, and will will continue to do so. But the two year claim period ended in March, um, so we're we're tidying up loose ends now. There's no huge amount of money to come in. Um, and as you get towards this stage, it's always more difficult to uh, get losses just as insurers to agree on figures as you can imagine. But we'll keep chipping away. Um, we obviously had um, a lot of players on the books last season, but thankfully we also had the cup run and some extra money. And of course, we've got the new investors on board now. So I think it, putting all that together, I understand that from the outgoings and incoming so far we're actually on the positive side of things which is encouraging to hear um and that will probably only get better if we can get rid of uh, miller and mcguire and co um so uh, and, and three over oh, three and a half thousand season tickets of course so all in all allied to um a cracking final uh, average gate what was it six four just over um I think finances are probably as good as they could have hoped for less than two years post-COVID. You know? Yes, yes. Mm. Um, less than two years post some some other thing that I can't quite remember who they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let, let, let's just uh, uh, talk about, I know, I know pre-season friendlies are pre-season friendlies. And of course, none of us can comment about the games against Sheffield Wednesday and Rochdale because nobody was there. But at the end of the day, you've got, Four big W's, 
so far, and that's better than having four Ds or four Ls, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, the Rochdale one that was reported, the Sheffield Wednesday game wasn't reported, really, apart from acknowledging it took place. It sounds as though Rochdale raced away two up and Chesterfield came back, but, of course, Chesterfield had only been back in training for 10 seconds and Rochdale were a week further in front, so that really didn't seem a surprise. Mm-hmm. He's come back, but, but that initiative has continued at, at, at Matlock on what, what by all accounts was a red hot day i was i was listening to it um, um over in my holidays sounded a red hot day so you're never going to get people at full pelt and then the, the the bradford game which of course quite a lot of us uh were, were able to see it's moving Stuart, in uh, a northerly direction well it is yeah isn't it yes yes and um you, you as you say you do you know you do say to yourselves oh we'll not put too much stock in pre-season friendly shall we but then when you go and win the ball you can't help it can you really it, it does and, and, make you very you optimistic them, yeah and when you win them in the manner that mm. the manager wants to win them in yes yeah you all have spawny one nils yeah but, yeah but when you do i mean the, but yeah we scored, do we, we, we scored three goals in the second half against bradford but we were far better in the first mm. yeah it's strange good. isn't it it yeah. um yeah, and it and it must be heartening to to see you know all all, all the players, including those that were here last season, uh, having had a what they've had of the preseason so far, have all bought into the idea of playing football yeah. as Paul Cook wants it played, isn't it? You know, because that was the big thing last season that you know all well, none of these players are suitable and they won't you know they can't possibly play um, four at the back and all that sort of thing. But you know, here we are. Um, I, I, you you look at it and, and and you think well perhaps Bradford didn't bother but then they start next week don't they yeah. you know yeah. it's not the time of the year to be not bothering so I'm sure they must have been you know bothered and nobody wants to come to a national league side if you're a, a league two side that's been made second favourites for promotion and get turned over you know there's a certain amount of personal pride in all of that you know but but even so we were we were very good against them and it is tremendously encouraging it can't it can't be anything but you know? Yeah, I, I think the team that they started off with won't be that much different to the team that plays mm. against Doncaster on, on, on Saturday. I was having a look, uh, Daz, at the odds. And, uh, yeah, OK, there's lots of bookmakers and lots of people have got different opinions. But I looked down one list. And for promotion, not, not for championship, for promotion, Wrexham are odds on, five to four, or four to five, whichever way, five to four on. Bonkers. How can you be odds on for promotion when there's only two, you know, only two go up? Chesterfield's second favourites at seventeen to two for promotion. Then Knox ten to one, Solihull eleven to one. And then the next half a dozen teams: Oldham, Dagenham, and Redbridge, Boreham, Halifax, Torquay, Solihull. So Wrexham, for reasons unknown, well, okay, they they invested a lot of money last year, but they've signed a goalkeeper, Mark Howard from Carlisle, Elliot Lee. Centre forward from Luton, you might know a bit about Stuart, I don't know. And John Tunnicliffe, centre back from Crawley, who's a good player. And I want to wasn't on our radar. But um, you feel as though we've moved further forward than Wrexham have. Dan. Mm. The yeah, the, the Wrexham one is they're going to be under enormous pressure. Enormous pressure. Um, all the money's on them. They've still got the, obviously, the Hollywood. Thing and all the uh, is it Netflix that are doing mm. the yeah. it's um, Fox, yeah. I believe. Uh, it's on Fox. They've got up, they've got all that malarkey going on. Um, the expectation of the let's let's face it, a football league team that have been out of the league for 15 years, 
They're going to have eight, nine, ten thousand there every single week, having the ground redeveloped. I understand, and all these other things. Um, for me, the pressure on them is going to be enormous. I think they wilted under it early part of last season, and then, of course, put a, a terrific run together, which in any other season would probably have got them up. But Stockport started their run about six weeks earlier. Um, but even then, it came to the playoffs, and, and in front of their own fans, a packed house, one game they, they got to win to get to the final, they couldn't do it. Mm. Couldn't, and it wouldn't surprise me if they don't do it this time either. And, and third favourites, not Paul, have, uh, have put their hopes on the lads that got Gateshead promoted from the National League North last season. Of course, they've they've lost uh, Carl Wooten gone to Stockport County. Elisa Shou- uh, Sam, who I didn't think was a great footballer, but scored that great goal against Chesterfield, has uh, uh, has, has gone as well. And then they've signed Alec Baldwin from. Uh, um, uh, sorry, I hit not Alec Baldwin. He's good at shooting, isn't he? Uh, uh, <laughs> Aidan oh, no. Baldwin from MK Dons. And the rest of the guys that they sold have come from lower lower division clubs. That's not to say that's right. Including Sam Austin, I think, was, was, was yeah. one that a lot of people were looking at from Kidderminster. Uh, so, you know, they there's not too many marquee signings at Knotts. Not that yeah. a marquee signing guarantees anything. Whereas some... No. Who are four favourites, Josh Kelly, the man who was a destroyer of, of Chesterfield from Maidenhead last year, Alex Reed, who you know what you're going to get from him from Stockport, and you've got uh, Kelleher, the centre back for, for from Bradford, and Joey Jones from, from Dagenham and Redbridge, who's a good player. They, they seem to have really uh, uh, improved, don't they, Solihull, uh, mm. as well. So you've got to think that they they are four favourites for a for a reason. I know they've that players have uh, moved on, particularly. Uh, uh, Hudlin, although again I didn't think he was great, but Danny Newton, who I did think was very good, has gone to Boreham, Boreham Wood. Uh, mm. So they've definitely uh, uh, they, they've definitely strengthened, haven't they? Sorry. Yeah, they definitely have, and I think uh, they, you know they've got some money in from from somewhere as well. Maybe that uh, towards the back end of the season, the attendance is helping. For them, they're not a hugely well-supported club. Um, they could have got a few more in their last match at home last season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, Solihull look dangerous. They've got a good manager, haven't they, Neil Ardley? He's, he's he's pretty good. He decides to play some good good football as well. Uh, I'm surprised at Hudlin going to Huddersfield, but he's immediately been loaned out, hasn't he, to League Two? So he was yeah. going to play for their B team or something, but he's gone. Straight into to League Two to be loaned out. So um, wherever he's gone, I can't, I can't quite remember what what side it is he's gone to. But um, um, and going back to Notts County, there's a report today in the Aberdeen Post yes. that uh, Cal Roberts is on his verge of signing for Aberdeen. So you know their effective best player, Notts County, yeah, could be gone. Could be gone pretty soon. He was going to. He probably going to join that. Uh, he was on loan last year, wasn't that? Jaden Richardson, the the right wing back for them, who was pretty yeah. good, quite tall and quick. Uh, he's gone to Aberdeen as well as replacement for the guy who Liverpool bought from Aberdeen. So, um, so he's gone to play play for them. So yeah, so Carl Roberts could leave them. Wooten was always going to leave. They, they knew that in in February. So uh, they've got the two from Gateshead, and we'll see how that see how they do. But I think that they're probably weaker. You know, than they were last year, and you know they were missing something last year, weren't they? So mm-hmm. I don't, quite, I couldn't quite work out what it was, but they were missing something. 
And so, yeah, I'd say Solihull have moved up ahead of Notts County a considerable uh, way um, in in that mm. respect. Wrexham, it all depends on whether they can the the new signings can suit Phil Parkinson's long ball system, doesn't it? That's all it is. And I think he'll be gone in September because they'll have started poorly. Parkinson, um, yeah. Yeah, Parkinson will be gone. I, he, he's, he's, his book is outdated now. He, he, they need to move on from that. Yeah, they need to do what Stockport did, don't they? And, and yeah. yeah they quickly got rid of their manager, didn't they? You know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so when it works, absolutely. Just, just, just before uh, uh, we, we finish about sort of uh, um, this sort of thing, Stuart, we've got Oldham and Scunny come down. Now, uh, uh, both of those were on downward trajectories with unpopular ownerships. Well, mm. Oldham have switched owners now. They've had new owners. Maybe they can do what Grimsby did. But when you mm-hmm. look at who they signed, Chris Porter, <laughs> 38-year-old youngster, uh, Liam Hogan, good call from Stockport, to be fine. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, Lo- uh, Lewis Maynard from Stockport as well, and and uh, uh, Zane Francis Angle from from Hartlepool under uh, uh, Chez, uh, of course. But I, I think they've a long way to turn round, Stuart. Whereas Scunthorpe mm. still the same uh, uh, ownership. Um, yeah, I've not really looked at who they. They're like. gonna they're gonna play kids, Phil. That's what yeah. that's what Keith. That's all they've got. They've only got a thousand yeah. season ticket holders. So yeah. um, they're just going to play kids. Yeah, they've, they've signed Elliot, Elliot Whitehouse from Forest Green, Colin Daniel from uh, Exeter, who's, who's 34. They've signed a lad from uh, uh, and Clay from Barrow, Boyce from Eastleigh, and a lad called Butterfield from uh, Oh Jacob Butterfield. We know him, don't we? Yeah, yeah. From, mm-hmm. from St Johnston. So they've signed a few, but they've lost some good, experienced uh, uh, players. They didn't do very well for them last season, but the likes of uh, Anthony Grant and uh, um, Aaron Jarvis have gone. Jarvis got to Torquay, so yeah, they've they've mm. they've got a mountain to climb. I can't see Scunthorpe being no the promotion shakeup. And and until the change of ownership, I certainly couldn't see Oldham being it. No, no, no. Clubs come down because they're basket cases by yeah. and large nowadays, don't they? And unless they do change their owner, um, or unless the owner kind of gets struck by lightning and changes his own outlook as seems to have happened at South End last season yeah. um, then you know, someone like Scunny you, you you fear for them actually lasting in this league don't you if they're not going to be able to sign anybody of any great repute you know to sort of throw the anchor out and turn everything around and South End ended last season very strongly but their signings uh, main signings uh, does uh, they've got a couple of lads from Barnet. Harry Taylor, who I do like, to be fair, who's been at Barnet forever. West Fongup from Barnet and Dan Mooney from Altrincham. So they're, they're not necessarily signing people who are going to massively improve them and give them that that extra. But they did finish really well. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they did finish well, but they, they had quite a lot of loan signings, didn't they? Um, Two from Sheffield United, yeah. Yeah, they haven't kept... Um, I can't. I can't see them. I can't see them pushing for a for a top two. I can see them sneaking in the back end of the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't. Yeah. See any, I don't see enough from Oldham, and, and I certainly don't see enough from Scunthorpe. I think they'll suffer like we did. You, you yeah. go into this league, you make a few signings, you think we're better than this. You don't accept you're a non-league club. And the first 
three or four weeks, you might think everything's wonderful after that. It'll go pear-shaped. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, you know, one of the other teams that was up there that we've not mentioned, Halifax Town. Of course, they've lost the manager. Uh, they've lost some more good players as they always do. They've signed some decent lads. John Key, Manny Di Sarube, former Sparart, of course, and uh, Tyler Godden from Salford, Jamie Stock from Stockport. So you know they've signed they've signed good good mm. players, but they've lost good players and they've not got that Pete Wild Manny magic. So no. if they make the playoffs this season, I'll be very very surprised. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, and it's the same with Torquay. They've they've not really added uh, massive things. I tell you who has added strength, and that's Woking. Yes. Yeah, Kellerman, mm. Sid Nelson, uh, the mm. lad called Greg Reese Gregor Cox from Crawley, uh, Poreg Amand from Newport, who we all yeah. think was but he's 34, and uh, lad Cuthbert from Stevenage. So, so they're going, they're having a bit of a bit of a problem. Mm. And when mm. we went there last season, the, you know, the people in the know, the supporters in the know, would say, no, I think we're gonna gonna go for it because they only just turned full time last season, mm. and uh, so I think I think they're giving it a good. Uh, uh, a, a good go, so they might be an outside bet for that sixth, seventh position, and some good results along the way. Uh, they'll mm. get some some good results along the way. Anyway, we've had a good about where we're at, who we signed, who we've got rid of, who our opponents got. Well, let's uh, um, we'll be back very shortly talking about the start of the new season, 2022-23, and what Chesterfield are going to do in August, really. So, uh, just for the moment, here on Sky is Blue. Well, we, we, we're never quite sure, guys, who it is that presses the button on the fixtures. <laughs> uh, but you'd have thought that Dorking Wanderers, who were only formed in 1999 and won promotion for, from the West Sussex League Division 8000 in 2001, then another promotion in 04, then another promotion in 07 up to the Southern Combination. They were there for eight years and then they got promoted from the Ithmian League in 2019 and then the League South in 2022 for their wonderfully named Meadowbank ground, of course, uh, Meadowbank Thistle. We're quite a way away from Dog. Um, you wouldn't have thought that they'd given them one of the bigger teams in the division to 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 get no. uh, uh, to get over uh, over the uh, the line for the first match. I suspect I don't know what the record crowd is at Meadowbank, but I suspect it'll be a record crowd. Uh, but yeah, if you were organising it, Daryl, would you have uh, would you have pulled Woke, uh, Dorking? Uh, we all want to call them Woking, don't we? Dorking no. to get the first match. There's a certain cin- Cinderella feel about it because. Hmm. The, the story is fascinating when you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and for any side, from any level, to have got 12 promotions in 20 years is, is unbelievable. Um, the, the guys that started it are still there, particularly the, the chap who owns them and manages them, Mark yeah, Watt. He's an owner-manager, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Uh, Dave Pace, part two. Dave he's, Pace. A bit of, he's a bit of a character. I've seen, I've seen this thing that they, they did on YouTube last year about a bunch of amateurs, it was called, and it, it, it was a fly-on-the-wall thing behind their season. And, of course, the, the previous year, when, when, the, when the COVID hit, they were serps to go up. Yeah. They, they were top of the league and, and running away with it. So it's, I suppose it's no surprise that they've actually 
got up to the National League. But I do fear for them um, in that this just might be a bridge too far. Um, they're coming into a league which, let's be fair, is is the fifth tier for a reason now. There's some serious mm. hitters in this league. There's a lot of league experienced quality players and not has-beens either in the prime a lot of good players. I mean, we've signed to have signed the likes of Dobro and Cooper and, 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 and players of that ilk, you know, just shows the quality in this league now to what it was even five years ago. And and their best player does as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Say, yeah, certainly one of their better players. So I'm sure they'll come in with bags of spirit. They'll be organised the part-time as well. They only train sort of Tuesdays, Thursdays. Um, they've got a plastic pitch, which is always an advantage. Uh, and the ground's pretty basic. Um, well, one nil Dorkin then does, is it? One <laughs> nil <eight to> <laughs> That's the way it's going, isn't it? We've oh, seen it. We have seen it before, haven't we? Um, <laughs> and if he's going to be a banana skin, he's probably on the first day. <laughs> uh, um, it might be blazing hot as well. Um, but no, I, I, I just think it's a bit of a Cinderella story. And for that reason alone, that's probably why they thought, well, we'll chuck him on the big boys and see how they go on. The other thing is, of course, they're already struggling on the admin, aren't they? Because yeah, fuck yeah. up on the tickets and stuff. But yeah, it, it's, it, it at least shows that the, you can go from rags to, to all those riches anyway. Yeah, and I think there are some more if, you, if, you've, if you've not got one of the first batch of tickets. I think there's another couple of hundred winging the way to Chesterfield at some stage in the not too, too distant future. Uh, I was talking to to Pete Whiteley, uh, uh, formerly of this parish, and uh, you know, they they got the initial allocation of six hundred, and that was it. And then when it all sold out, they said, "Oh, would you like some more?" And it was well, we thought that was it. And I just think they didn't expect six hundred people to no. to go down. So I think no. there's some more. But uh, yeah, I've been keeping a, a close eye on their progress over the last few years because the voice of the Technique Stadium, Howard Burrell. He's got family living uh, down there and he's been to watch Dorking a few times. And uh, he says it's an absolutely fantastic club. Uh, but as you say, Daryl, it just might be that they're not quite ready yet for, uh, for, for, for the hustle and bustle of the, 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 the National League. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Now, that's, that's, we'll talk before we go on about the league. We've got Boston away next Friday. Now, you were saying, Stuart, you'd like to see the likes of Shackleford and Clements on there. So a bit of a dilemma for Cookie because he wants to get shape as much as he has, especially the Alfred mm. game being called off. Uh, um, he'll be wanting to get the shape as, as close to the first day as as possible. So do we, he start with the same same team at Matlock and Hunter uh, Bradford. Pre-season friendly, unchanged. So, you know, it's a question of, is that his first 11 that all things being equal he's going to go into that match with? You've got to think that it probably Looks like is. It, doesn't it? Yeah. So, in that case, I'd want to play them from the start. Yeah. But I also want to see Shackleford and, <laughs> and, and Clements and, uh, and Cooper and uh, uh, Giassi and every, everybody like that from, a, from a, at least an hour perspective. So, uh, and we've got enough players for a Blues versus Reds internal thing, but it's never quite the same, is it? No. 
No, it uh, he's got to play what he thinks is going to get him the most out of the game, hasn't he? Really, you know, and and that usually the last preseason friendly before before the big kickoff, the side that starts is usually with perhaps one or two replacements if necessary. The side that starts the league game, isn't it? Yeah, it's the shirt to lose scenario, that's mm. for sure, isn't it? On that last preseason, <laughs> it's uh, it's funny you should say. I understand when the uh, when the game was called off last week, there was there was a little internal game, and uh, the Stiffs beat the first team four one. So you can read into that what you like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and people were saying about it being called off late. I think the club, Chesterfield, uh, and I think Alfred wanted wanted to play it, but and there mm. were other players, other friendlies played the same night elsewhere. But mm. I think it was in inverted commas the authorities. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, that 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 gave the clubs no choice to call it off. I'm not I'm not absolutely saying that's right. Daz, you might be a little bit more informed. But yeah. Chesterfield wanted to play it. I think it was a, a combination of. All the emergency services were absolutely stretched to the limit, mm. um, and particularly East Midland Ambulance Service. Uh, and they said that if there was any kind of incident which required them, um, they'd be struggling to cope with it. So, uh, at the end of the day, public safety cabs come first. And I think, really, in hindsight, although although we're all mad enough to have gone and stood there. In the- Temperature. I don't think it was the best for anyone's health. Yeah, but, oh. mm, mm, I, I, absolutely. And uh, but just to mention the matter, like, well, what what a what a crowd for that one. So Seventeen hundred stewards above anything we've seen from them before. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Records and all of that sold out. Signs going up. It uh, just play it on a Saturday, you know. And it and it and it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure Matlock now have substantial overheads you know for a club in their division and all that and it no longer will be enough just to sustain them through a whole season on a gate of, of a friendly against us but it's gonna go a long way towards you mm-hmm. know keeping them going into october november yeah. the income they get from something like that and it's nice to you know to, to sort of have a local club and you know to, to to be able to reward them i suppose if that doesn't sound too patronizing um you know, with 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 something like that, and and on the strength of that, we went out and signed a player from Matlock, which yeah, we haven't done in donkey's ages. You know, I um, I because I their chairman Jay Beaumont is uh, my former housemate. Uh, oh. We were at college together in Buxton, so um, he uh, I was speaking to him the other day, and he says uh, they're definitely having it on another Saturday next year. Yeah. So uh, they've already cleared it for uh, for whatever he said. He, he said it, uh, it just did amazing. He were the the new ticketing online system that they've got as well worked wonders so mm-hmm. uh, they were you know they were in charge of that I managed to sort that out as well and yeah, um, it could have been a double yeah. Brexit job if we'd have been with everybody paying exactly needing a pound change <laughs> yeah exactly so mm-hmm. um so yeah they're definitely having it they're trying to clear a Saturday for next year speaking to a Malik and Cromford CC as well so we're uh, trying to sort that out for for anything because 2300 crowd for them is magnificent yeah. for yeah. them you know so and uh i'm pleased that it was uh it was a good day for them as well they got plenty of plenty of cash out of it i'm sure good. I, I i suspect it was actually more than 2300 i've seen a number that was probably good, yeah but, but that's their capacity so. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think some of the midweek games of years gone by were probably slightly lower than they were because there was a midweek 
yeah that they used to have as well but hey yeah <laughs> are, we, are, we, are, we, are we we to argue about well uh, yeah. well we, we, we talked about the Dorking Wanderers start there's five other games in August uh, Aldershot at home then Rex at home Notts County away on telly that one Barnet home Altrincham away so of course uh, you know Wrexham and Notts those two games if if Chesterfield can pick something up at Dorking and against Aldershot and not lose against Wrexham or Notts, the excitement, Paul, is going to be uh, palpable, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it should be. That should be, again, it should be another sold-out crowd on that Tuesday night against uh, Wrexham. And you can see why it's on a on a Tuesday night, having the Wrexham fans damage 40 seats in the away end uh, last year. Um, I was telling people, why don't we just shove them in the corner of the East Stand on Saturday as a uh, repentance for them for breaking seats in the... Uh, in the north stand, but obviously, uh, you know, you get, obviously get more more cash run. There's no guarantee of a sellout of a uh, on a Tuesday night for for the Spyrites. But but yeah, um, and then of course they've moved the Notts County game to BT Sport. BT Sport obviously like that, don't they? That's three out of four years that it's been on a, at uh, at Meadow Lane. Um, but six games in a little over three weeks certainly test your limbs, doesn't it? And your yes. squad to start with. And I'm surprised the National League have done that. Um, really. Bearing in mind, they ain't going to be re- affected by the uh, the World Cup, are they? So no. that's why we're playing games during it, and we finish a week before mainly everybody else. So um, I'm surprised they've gone with that many games to start the season with, and especially the the double bank holiday weekend games. I um, I'm not a big favour of those, to be to be brutally honest. They could just play that game on the Tuesday rather than bank holiday Monday, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, if Chesterfield get something in the first five games. Oh yeah, set them up nicely for the traditional <laughs> disappointment yeah. at Altrincham, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. No question about that. And um, you know that that first home game, Aldershot, Saturday uh, afternoon again. Aldershot in, get, seemed to get stuck in the fixture list for being either first match away or first match at home mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. Stuart, it's probably the only fixture we've ever played in consecutive matches. That we had a last match of the season. Yes. In a, 80, 85, didn't we? That was Aldershot mm. at home. And the first match of the following season was Aldershot at home. So the same fixture in consecutive matches. Uh, uh, so we always seem to get them early, which uh, for travelling is no no bad thing. Uh, um, but you know, you've, you've got to think that Aldershot, Barnet and Altering aren't, aren't going to be troubling the scorers in, in the league come next, next May, I wouldn't have thought. No, not not when it comes to the, the the sort of shakedown at the end. No, but um, certainly in Altrincham's case, I think there's enough to to cause problems. You know, all the shot we sometimes struggle against, don't we? Um, but uh, Barnet are normally good for a five or six at home. Um, yeah, if we can get something from Wrexham and Knotts, and looking further ahead, um, there isn't really a great deal to absolutely terrify us until we kind of get down to October and Bromley really mm-hmm. you know yes yeah, so we've not really talked about Bromley and I don't particularly propose to talk about Bromley but they're, they're going to be one that's always going to be there yeah they are aren't they they're always going to be 6th, yeah. 7th, 8th that kind of team yeah no, no question about about that so yeah Paul Cook sets targets he never lets people know what they, they are but I would think that out of those 6 games he'll be looking for 12 points minimum I would have thought yeah, I think if you stick to the 
two points a game, you, you're never far away, are you? And um, mm-hmm. it will be testing. Uh, it's always front and loaded the National League, and I understand what Paul says and agree with it to an extent. But I think part of the history is the you've got the quality, the extra qualifying round for us of the FA Cup. You've then got um, the trophy starts in December, so they start into fixtures. And they're always worried about a hard winter um, and a lot of postponements in that middle block that they then have the room to catch up with at the end of the season. So I think that's always part of the thinking with it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's an interesting start, isn't it? I mean, I'd, uh, I'd take a point at Dorky now because I just think he's got banana skin written right over it. Um, um, I expect us to beat I think we'll beat Wrexham and I think we'll beat Notts County Notts to me I'm a bit like you Phil I think they made some strange signings because these two lads they got 50 goals for Gateshead there's no guarantee they're going to get 50 goals a league higher up no, no. they've seen you've no history of it either the two players as far as I can see at this mm. level um, and in fact one of them was injured at the last on the last game, and the other one was out ill, and it, apparently it's a reoccurring illness. So, you know, that if they're petting their hopes on that with a new manager, unproven, largely unproven new manager too, um, I mean, they're a big club, and and the expectation will go with that. But I don't see the evidence on them strengthening, um, certainly on what they had last season, and they had some missing last season, didn't they? Um, I mean, they brought in Harry Arter and. Um, for a spell to try and get them over the line. And they had Richardson, who, you, as you say, has gone to Aberdeen. Um, if Roberts goes as well, mm. um, who are they starting up front with if one of these Gateshead lads isn't fit? Cairo Mitchell? Mm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Let's, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I just don't think in the strength in depth, for instance, that we have. No. Uh, um, I mean, you look at who we've got to come back in, it, it's terrifying. I was saying this on Saturday when we were watching Saturday, just the players who we hadn't even got on the bench was terrifying if you added to what was already there. So I expect us to have a really good start. I wouldn't be surprised that, well, let's let's chuck a couple of draws in there, but at the first six, I'd have, I'd have four wins and two draws in any order. Yeah, yeah. I've just been... Uh... Can, can you can you hear me? Because I seem to have yeah. lost you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, I've just been having a quick look at the uh, the two Gateshead lads uh, before, and uh, at any sort of level that's that's measured on the uh, on the statistical sites, the 24 goals that one one of the lads scored last season was out of a total of 28 in his career. Uh, I don't know, some of the lower divisions won't be in, and the yeah. uh, the other one, the other 28 goals was out of a total of 30. You know, so. So they may well have scored goals before, but they've not scored mm. goals at a level that yeah. statistical websites take any care of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they may well have scored oodles, but but you know it, it's and sometimes you just get play, players Moss and Randall who just just hit it off and uh, and can do it at any level. And Paul Mitchell, the former recruitment guy, always used to say, if you're a good player at the National League North, you're a good player. Yeah. Know, and, like like you said, Daz, with with the manager situation and change and everything along those lines, that was a strange move to go to Forest Green, wasn't it? Really, but anyway, 
That's, mm. uh, 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 but but there again, you know, I suppose he's gone up two divisions, hasn't he? Really, and if he can keep Forest Green up, he'll uh, he'll win a, a couple of rosettes amongst the managerial crowd. So you know, it, it might turn out to be all for him. But like you say, with no Shimango Roan Clark available just at the moment, if we can get through the first six games of August and get them somewhere near when mm. it's when it's one game a week for a for a yeah. while. Yeah. And we, we, we've, we've already established that we've got some pretty decent players who you can almost have a Tuesday 11 and a, I know we, it'll not happen, but you can almost have a Tuesday 11 and a, and a Saturday 11 and, and they're both mm-hmm. reasonably strong, aren't they? You know, so uh, 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 when you bear in mind of, of, of the, the new signings, Sheckleford didn't start on Saturday, Cook didn't start, Clements didn't start. Uh, Cooper didn't start, Ukek Boulan didn't start, Gassi didn't start. So, and um, people were relatively excited on most of those signings in one way or another, weren't they? So. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 watching Saturday, I, found, I caught myself thinking that apart from um, Cabby, how did the other two get back in yes. if the rest of them are playing like that, you know? And these are people whose loss last season cost us so dear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it shows how how we've strengthened. I with with County, I I I thought when they lost their manager and Halifax lost theirs, I thought that would make Halifax a bit weaker and County a bit stronger actually because I don't rate their manager, their ex manager as much as other people seem to have done. But the loss of the uh, of the established creative and scoring hub in their team, um, I think is going to. He's gonna, you know, they they've signed those two from Gateshead. I think they've signed uh, Kidderminster's central defensive partnership, um, and you wonder in in important areas like that whether whether people can make the step up, you know, I mean, yeah. one well, or the well, other. But... Gateshead's striking partnership won them promotion. Kidderminster's defensive partnership didn't. No, no, no. So mm. yeah, that's uh, that's uh... anyway. Let's let, let's leave matters of the park for a while and talk what was revealed in the um, the, the clubs we are sailing podcast uh, about the training ground now it's been talked about in theory for a while it was mentioned mm-hmm. in the general meeting whenever that was and uh, uh, it was always a long-term ambition but daryl it looks as though uh, um, a, a, a first dibs has been put on uh, on an area, and I will make the assumption, you can tell me if I'm talking sensible or not, that, of course, the new investment has perhaps potentially brought that forward? I'm sure that's the case, Well, I don't know for sure. I, I do know where it is, but I'm not at liberty to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it strikes me as a wholly sensible um, place to look at. Um, and, if, and if it comes off, um, I think it could. Uh, I think it could be exactly what we've been after, and uh, the, the club seem uh, confident's the wrong word, and certainly enthused. And um, they haven't the, whatever offer they put in. Uh, I think has been received warmly, as opposed to just rejected out of hand. Um, but these things tend to run quite slowly when you're talking about buying blocks of land. Uh, and what the potential is maybe for other things on that land and all that kind of stuff so um, it will be interesting to see Um, I think Mike said in in the podcast the offer's on the table till the end of July so we we won't have 
potentially long to wait, but you know, deadlines can move, can't they? Um, but it, it, I just think the plans that were shown at the AGM were really exciting, along with the pitches and the other facilities that we're talking about. Obviously, um, place for the, for the team to train and um, rehab and, 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 and gyms and uh, canteens and all these other medical facilities that they want down there. Um, and plus some accommodation, didn't they suggest as well? maybe for players and stuff. So the potential is enormous. Um, you could see it being partly funded by some kind of grant, maybe if it's a community use as well. So there's there's lots and lots to enthuse about it. And you can say what you like, you know, the stadium 10 years old, looking slightly tired up around the edges, but lots of work going on to get it back to where it should be. The one thing we haven't had in our entire time uh, it is a proper training ground, a mm. modern proper training ground. Not since Pitt Street, yeah. No. Absolutely. And and I know I've seen on various uh, uh, social platforms, does people say, "Oh, does that knock on the head the uh, the Stand Road facility no. that's been talked about?" And the answer is no, it doesn't. It's, no, it's, it's completely. Yeah, no, it's completely separate. That's that's a trust initiative. Um, and as far as I know, um, you, you, they've had the usual objections to from local residents for flood lighting and stuff like that, and hours of use and all that kind of malarkey. But um, the, the plan is still hoped it will go ahead. Um, and I think that's also allied to them taking the space in, in the new complex across from the ground. You know, the um, the glass flash out thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. All, all these things are, are so encouraging, aren't they? And it's, we hoped that you get this kind of synergy between trust and club, and God, it, it appears to be moving in that direction at a rate of knots. It's, it's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, yeah just, in, just in case people aren't sure with what Daz meant there with regard to new space in the in the place across the way, those of us at the AGM, and only it's been widely reported, really, the academy are taking offices in the new development right across the road from the football club, which will lead on to the proposed um, pitch at Stan, at Stan Road and also incorporate the dressing rooms and everything as well as the, the academy. So just in case you weren't sure what that meant, that's uh, uh, that's that. And, and the, it's the same with the, the, the sports bar on the car park. That's just, it's, it's progressive. It's not gone away. It's just sometimes you have to, you have to dot more I's and, dot, and cross more T's. Mm when various things come in. In terms of the uh, academy, Stuart, as well, you know, you, you and Paul Keller have been pulling together the stats for last season. I think they're like something like 190 games or something played at various Something games. like that, yeah. <laughs> they were including first-teamers from, from Loach all the way down to somebody who played five minutes for the under-16s. I think there are 166 different players on that grid. You know, that's all Paul's work, I have to say. I, I have no... I have an interest, but I don't kind of follow the academy side of it as as closely as Paul does. So all of that academy work is down to him. And and where can they find that information? Um, www.cfchistory.com. Uh, look at the tabs along the top. There's one for statistics, I think it's called. And on the drop down menu from that, there's lineups. So if you click on that one and scroll down, it's right at the very bottom. There's a button for this season. 
Yeah. It is a phenomenal amount of work. Yeah, well done, yeah. Stuart and Paul. Yeah. That's always brilliant. It's a terrific resource. I saw when I when I did a commentary on one of the games towards the end of the season, Paul sent me some stats. Well, I'll tell you what, it was there were more stats from Paul than John Motson had seen in his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I, I'm 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 as far as 1976-7 adding opponent lineups. To all of the uh, yeah, I noticed that grids. actually, yeah. From the, yeah. Um, yeah and then in 1976-7, but just because I got a scrapbook from somebody about 10 years ago that's got press cuttings in, I thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to have opposing managers on here as well? So I've now got to go all the way back to <laughs> yeah, dot and start putting all those on. But but it'd be interesting to know what Brian Clough's record was against Chesterfield, for instance, for all the different clubs and yeah. you know all that sort of thing. So uh, uh, in 30 years' think, time, we'll have it. That Brian Clough thing, but I've forgotten. And he, I think we did all right because it was mainly against Articles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had one good season there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but no, it is a terrific resource, not just for what we've just been talking about, but for lots of other things uh, 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 as well. And of course, you always, when sadly one of our former players passes away, pulls the um, obituaries together, and you know they they, they sadly keep on uh, keep on happening. But a uh, great, great, great resource, tfchistory.com. Uh, if you've not never looked at it, what are you doing? Get on it. And you can't spend time on it because it's fascinating. You just keep on uh, 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 going down and finding finding bits and bobs. But the academy has been, been run by uh, um, uh, Clucky, Neil Cluxton, Daz, and he's now got the new women's section coming into the uh, academy as well with Johnny Pepper. Come in uh, to, yeah. to to help with with that situation. I think initially it's about getting uh, women and girls participating, and then the elite thing will, will start coming next. But they've already been invited to some tasty little competitions and everything along those lines, playing teams that that, that look quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic initiative. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been taking in the the women's Euros. In fact, I've been watching both international and league women's matches now for a few years and I cannot believe the, the standard has come up incredible. Yeah. It really has. And uh, it would be it would be lovely to see if we could uh, establish um, a full time uh, girls, women's and academy team. And again, where it ends, who knows? It's a real shame that the the link with um, Chesterfield ladies seems to have withered on the vine, and they they've gone there so to go their separate way. Um, and I, I don't know the history behind that, but um, it's something that as a community club, without us currently having a, a women's section, we, we definitely need to have one, don't we? Definitely, and uh, you know, good luck to Sestrafeldian Millie Bright, who's uh, regular in the Lionesses team, Chesterfield girl. Uh, and um, you know, doing really, really well. And like you're saying about the standards, uh, Daz, one of the things that that always um, is is one of the big differences is the standard of the goalkeepers. I think generally the standard of the goalkeepers in women football has has always been a letdown. But flipping it, the the the, the lady who plays for the Netherlands <laughs> is not in that. Uh, she was absolutely phenomenal against France. Yeah, I've been on holiday. I've not seen as much as I wanted to uh, to see, uh, but that that match she was absolutely uh, incredible. And you know, it, it, it's a different game. There's no point in comparing the two games. It's different, but the the standard has absolutely moved, gone through the 
the, the roof now there's there's some of the richer countries having full-time uh, teams and full-time players and everything along those lines really really good to see and there's all sorts of uh, in, initiatives going on we were talking about you know put Wrexham in the corner well the the, the, the trust will be uh, given the responsibility of filling the north stand for all of the matches apart from the Notts Counties, Wrexham's, Scunthorpe's of this of this world. Won't be able to do it probably for uh, um, some of the early games because, of course, all the kids are broken up, broken up now. And yeah. uh, mm. uh, but you know, get used to seeing the the um, the away fans in the East End Block One and Two, and Chesterfield youngsters in the North Stand because Paul, when last season, when there were one or two of those initiatives at the uh, uh, at the end that added to those crowds getting up to 9,000. It's an absolute joy to see, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, you can look back to, um, I know that John and Mike, when they were on Radio Sheffield on, on Friday night, referred to the last two games. Um, but the, the Woking game uh, in particular, which only brought to, was it 200 fans, 150 fans or something from, from Woking to get nearly uh, or over 9,000 there for that final game of the season. I know it had something riding on it as well, which, which kind of helped uh, boost the attendance a little bit, but um, it was superb to see and a good atmosphere uh, uh, as well. And it, it really bodes well for the future that people in the community are buying into what Chesterfield football club are trying to do right now. And I know there's sort of a few off the field sort of matters um, that are being dealt with, uh, right now, but by, by and large, there's a real feel-good factor about this uh, this football club, and uh, they're not going to let any sort of minor incidents spoil that right now. And I, I certainly hope that that's not the the case going going forward. Um, it, it's it's excellent to see, and I expect um, and demand really that that supporters turn up this season because they're going to get a really really good season under Paul Cook some good football to watch, you know, mm. like they had eight, seven or eight years ago. They're going to get it again. You, you know what Paul Cook does. Yeah. He likes to play football. So you should come and come and watch that. It's, it's quite simple, isn't it? Just, just go and, go and watch it. So well, I'm, I'm definitely claiming hashtag cookball as the inventor. <laughs> <laughs> someone's going to nib, someone's going to nab you with cookie ball though, aren't they? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Cookie ball's not right, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, um, there's, there's, an, there's an extra letter in it. It's not necessary. Superfluous. Except it kind of sounds a bit like money ball, doesn't it? Yeah, Which is where the whole e-ball expression started. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sticking with cookie ball. And I'm putting first dibs on Abracadabra for when he scores his first <laughs> goal. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I did Sub-editors. I did Breckenbauer against York when he scored on that opening okay. day of the 2000 season. Mm. Uh, um, but, Paul, you, you mentioned about Mike and, uh, and and John being on BBC Radio Sheffield. It, it was the manager's special, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? I don't know where I don't know where Paul Cook the man. He is the manager, isn't he, Paul Cook? I believe Because so. uh, I don't. We haven't spoken to him for for a while, I think. So I managed to grab Gary Roberts on on Saturday, which I was eternally grateful for, and so was the BBC Radio Sheffield as well for me. They managed to get him as well. So hope springs eternal on that. Uh, there's nothing confirmed yet, but uh, uh, I might I might be uh, I might be lucky 
going forward uh, to speak to people post-game anyway. So uh, how, however that ends up going pre-game, I'm not too sure. But we'll wait and see. That doesn't concern me. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I'm more, I'm more bothered about getting him uh, angry post-game. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is good. And uh, it was, I, I saw the video. There was a little video that Andy Giddings put up about uh, the 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 manager special with uh, John Crute and Mike Goodman there. Mike's sporting a really jazzy shirt. I don't know if you've oh, seen it. it. No, so, I've seen it really so, well. yeah. I've, I've retweeted it on my uh, on my Twitter page. So, uh, oh, yeah, okay. real jazzy shirt. So, uh, yeah, looking good. I don't, I don't think it'll have beaten the one I had on the other night. But, uh, uh, I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah, you know was it the it? Was it the Hawaiian-esque one with the parrots? Yeah, on? yeah, parrots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wore that at an event in a, at a pub in Balls over the other day with orange trousers about the colour of your shirt that you're on. Ooh, <laughs> so quite, quite bright, you know. I, I, I asked everybody else, did you not get the dress code memo? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it, it, it's... And Gary, it was great to talk to Gary Roberts because I think that's the first press he'd, he's done since he came, yeah. came back. I can't recall him doing... Uh, anything i can't even remember him doing a i'm back interview type of thing i might i might have forgotten that i don't recall no, it. no i don't think so he sort of slipped through the door not unnoticed mm. but just got on with it didn't he? From, from that and got on with it yeah and mm. uh, um you know he, he spoke well you know I, I obviously spoke to him uh, ahead of you paul and uh, he spoke well he was thinking carefully about what he was saying you could tell he didn't want to get carried away but you could tell he wanted to get carried away because yeah. when you're a coach and they go out and do what you want them to do, you've done your job, haven't you? And 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 even if they miss ten sitters and lose the game, if they if they've executed what you wanted them to execute, what yes. more can you? What more as a coach can you do? Mm. And uh, yeah, we're back to where we were at the start when when you see the likes of of, of Williams and Quigley and and Grimes looking like not not that Grimes have got a bad press because he had a terrific season uh, last season but these these just look hungrier they look fitter mm. they 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 cover the ground they look more confident uh they looked as though they, they they liked what they were doing and understood what they were trying to be be doing and you know gary roberts as a coach and danny webb and paul cook must be absolutely chuffed to bits about uh, uh, about that because you know if the players aren't right that's a different thing isn't it but if the players are doing what you want them to do, you, you stand a chance. And yeah, we talked about this at the end of last season. My my view was you've you've got coming from a a rigid system into a, a system that enables. And 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 going from rigid to enables in a fortnight is a difficult thing to do. When the manager and the coaches have had them for a few weeks, they're bought into it. And um, look as though they want to be part of it, and look as though they feel that there's something to be part of. And uh, it, it, it does remind me an awful lot of Cookie's first full season in 2013. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, with the confidence that you saw, the swagger that you yeah. saw from players at that uh, mm. uh, at that point. Okay, uh, uh, before we wrap up, anything that we want to uh, any little pet projects we want to talk about or anything like that that you want to get off your chest Paul no I don't think there is um I'm not uh, not too sure I don't think I've got anything uh, this this pod will be going out of the usual 
places. Um, just one thing that uh, no, just we did it. Obviously, we did a Twitter special towards the back end of last year. There was all sort of data issues with uh, trying to transfer it from Twitter to put out as a normal pod. So what we might do as a group is do another Twitter Spaces thing, but as a shortened version, sort of half an hour, we just get people to ask us questions, for example, just for sort of half an hour or or so, just as a sort of one-off, you know, uh, sort of special noun again, you know, so um, so we can do that rather than the actual pod itself. So and uh, and and at some point we'll do it. Well, I'm sure we can do a a live one, um, either um, with people or yes. uh, via via YouTube or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, live in so, yeah. Will be, uh, yeah. Good, yeah. Does anything for you because you're uh, you're a man in the know. Oh. No pressure there, then. Um, <laughs> you know, I, know, I know the I know the club are really looking forward to the the game on Wednesday night. Um, it will oh, be. Oh yes, we're not mentioning that. We bet it's a mm. game. Yes. No, it'll be very yeah. interesting to see teams of that quality and see how we stack up in our uh, our Bradford game on Saturday. Um, I, I expect the pace to be fairly. Fast and furious and very technical and uh, very few long balls, but um, it might be interesting because the two uh, teams both with reputations for being a bit feisty in their own division, so it could be an interesting encounter. I think. Yeah, I've seen them. You've just hard. sold me a ticket. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking this. This comes across as our relationship with the FA right now, which is at a, an all-time high. The amount of England games that we're getting via uh, via them as well at a junior level so this is those two those two sides are over in the country they contacted the football club and said would you like to host them as a game and this is all all through um through john crew and um the the relationship that the the club have with the fa so that's really good to see yeah no absolutely no i've seen olympic marseille in a pre-season friendly before uh quite maybe maybe 20 years ago i saw them uh, play a team that had been in Europe before, University Craiova. I think they went to play oh. West Ham, if I remember. Yeah. I, saw, I saw Olympic Marseille against University Craiova in a town in southwest France called Marmonde, not a million miles away, where some of the forest fires have been in uh, in the Gironde. Uh, uh, so I've seen them before. Uh, the last time I asked, they were getting towards 2,500 tickets being sold for Wednesday, but the, the rate of sales was improving, it was increasing. So uh, I thought that was quite good. And, mm, yeah. Oh, right. you know, I thought more than that, yeah. but I thought that was quite good for a game that doesn't involve just yeah, yeah. when everybody's in a queue at Dover. Yeah, and the um, the supporters, the Marseille supporters at the W7 end of the uh, the West Stand, where the Real Betis supporters have been housed in the W1 uh, bit, where the family stand is on on that section. So, uh, right. Right. so yeah, my nephew's turning up with his uh, Real Betis shirt on because he uh, he quite likes them. So. Oh, right. Well, there you go. There you go. I, I, I haven't looked at who their squad lists are. If there's anybody that we need to look out for, but I'm sure we'll all be doing that ahead of Wednesday. Uh, um, if there's any household names in there, but but I, I saw a, a friendly between Belgian Jupiler League Pro League, um, standard Liège against Bundesliga's Borussia Mönchengladbach last you know, week last Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet every centre that I had on those as a double that neither of them will win their respective leagues. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, mm. it might be narrow odds, but hey, you know we'd have beaten either of those teams on the day from what I what I what I saw. So uh, uh, that's that. Stuart, you've got any anything that you want to? Nope, no, no great pearls of wisdom or anything like that to uh, to unfurl before you. I'm afraid, no. 
right. Just okay. patiently so. looking forward to the start of the season, <laughs> full of hope, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, you know, traditionally slightly just, less expectations. Sorry, so it just confirmed that Carl Roberts has joined Aberdeen for an undisclosed fee. Oh, right. Well, so just come through. Yeah, so, uh, mm. so Knox might not be 10 to 1 anymore for promotion. <laughs> no, 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 we might get them at a good time this early. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. of course, well, if they'd been knowing he was going for a while, that said, you've got to have got somebody lined up and got him over the line. They could have done, couldn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, right. That's it. that's interesting. I've not seen about that, but Paul obviously keeps his uh, finger on the, 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 the pulse. And uh, yeah, well, we all thought we might have been celebrating a great Derbyshire day at the moment until Somerset came along as well yeah <laughs> I, I, I sadly managed to uh, to listen to that on my holidays it was uh, you know a couple of hours that I'd have probably wished I'd have opted out of listening <laughs> to, uh, 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 to, to that and um, anyway it was not to be was it I wouldn't have been able to go to the finals day anyway so um, no. I, f- I feel for for, for the guys and girls who made their way down to Taunton or wherever it was, I know, I know, uh, uh, good old West Bar Sparites went went down and probably thought hmm, that wasn't the best use of a day. No, <laughs> no, it was uh, all over and done with fairly quickly, wasn't it? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. So, uh, final final thing then, final position this season, Dance. Third. Third. First. First. first, first, I'll agree with that. Do it. Well, yeah, you don't need me to add first, do you? But I will. If, uh, and Paul, if you want. Are you going I can, first? Yeah. Well, I'd be disappointed if we didn't win it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, so we're all um, confident based on beating Sparky's Bradford City and Matlock Town. Yeah. Come the end of October, Bradford might be bottom with nil points or something right now. It puts our win into context. Yeah. But at the moment, it was a good looking win. Well, they beat New York City 4 1, including Scott Bowden and Alex Whittle, and they beat the Sunderland, haven't they? So, in the oh, right. Counters, so, hey, you know, uh, uh, Fraser Kerr mm. wasn't involved on that York game at all. He wasn't on the bench or anything. So, I don't know mm. if he was on Niggle or Hill or on holiday or something. Mm. But yeah. uh, uh, um, there, there you go. So thanks for joining us and seeing it right through to the uh, bitter end. You've been listening to the Sky's Loop podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Basson, Paul Fisher and Daryl Carpenter. And we'll be back when Paul says, come on, we're doing a podcast again tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's just how we roll. Cheers. <laughs>
And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favourite podcast providers.